Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And a very pleasant welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Podcast Network, where we have been growing exponentially in yes, terms sir. of audience following. So uh, very appreciative of that. Tell your friends, Believe Podcast Network, uh, really outstanding to be here on what we like to call on, uh, and we do a, a morning show that goes all around the world, both audio and video, yes, sir. on a thing called Ion Channel. That's spelt E-Y-E on channel.com, and you can see what we look like. And uh, have a good time. Uh, we always ha- have a lot of fun on, on that show. And we call that a Peel Yourself Off the Mat Monday yes, edition when we do the Monday show. Uh, let me introduce you, uh, too. And uh, how was your weekend, Mike Luby Lubitz? Uh, thank As, you. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of stuff going on here in the world of sport. And, of course, uh, many activities now in conjunction what with the holiday season, although you were celebrating at uh, what uh, poor young soul ended up uh, having to uh, hold a, a very expensive bar mitzvah party. Uh, it, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, it was my nephew, my sister, and my brother-in-law's son, their eldest son, their second child, uh, Logan. Mazel tov, congratulations. It was his bar mitzvah this weekend, so we had that, my wife and I, and then in between, because he did a Friday service, and then his service was Sunday and then the party Sunday night, we went to a wedding Back in your favorite town, Homestead, Saturday night. So uh, we were busy what, all what's weekend What's up with long. the weddings down there? Were these people from the Keys or something? Or <laughs> no, no. they're from... they follow in your footsteps Broward. and take advantage of what? <laughs> yes. I, I thought you got ripped off on the appetizers. The appetizers. I, I didn't get a chance to stick around for the dinner. I hope that made amends because the appetizers were definitely throw them in the bushes type of stuff. See, I enjoyed the appetizers, but they did have very similar But you only eat anything. I mean, uh, you no. Know, it's the old Mikey thing. You only eat anything. <laughs> I will, but my wife won't. We we like the appetizers, but yes, Homestead. If you're uh, not been to the South Florida area, is very south. It's a boondocks. Yeah. It's very south, but there's a lot of land here in South Florida. A lot of the land's been it was undeveloped up. land, though. It was it wilderness is. until very recently, and it still is in large part, the last, especially where your wedding was located. I guess handful of years because there's all that undeveloped land, they turned it into like wedding venues. So you'll get barns, and you get a lot of. Different I, I don't things. like going to a wedding venue when there's barbed wire surrounding. <laughs> that, that always scares me a little bit. Thank you. Well, we we enjoy. We had a good time. Yes, these people actually were at our wedding, and at our wedding, lugged the area so much that they found a venue a little bit more north than ours, and they also right. had their wedding in Homestead. That's, that's a kind gesture out of consideration for the potential guests there who were thinking, "Why the fuck would I want to drive oh, to no, Homestead from wherever no, I'm at?" So we had fun. Although, uh, it, it was, was nice that uh, you, you got married there, but uh, yes. that, that was not the key part of the week. Well, I, I had a nice time, too. Uh, one of our fine sponsors, Hylia Park. Yes. And I've uh, been going there uh, since I moved to South Florida in uh, 1982. And uh, j- just uh, absolutely love going down there. And they had the Larry Little, the Hall of Famer himself, Larry Little Hall of Fame dinner. And he has a golf tournament, raises a lot of money. Of course, uh, Larry Little, uh, who was the longtime center 
for the uh, Miami Dol- our guard for the Miami Dolphins uh, was fantastic uh, as an offensive lineman, made the Hall of Fame uh, without. Was he like a first ballot guy? Everybody yes. loved Larry. Larry Little's one of the best. Coached uh, football at Bethune Cookman. Uh, here, uh, which uh, is a black university that, uh, you know, unfortunately pops up on the college football landscape, mostly as one of those paid patsies to come in and get cremated by the Ohio states of the universe, uh, particularly big with the Florida schools like Florida State, Florida and Miami. They'll all have Bethune Cookman on the schedule. there, <laughs> And uh, Larry Little coached there and he, he acquitted himself very well uh, with what he had to work with. I mean, he was up against it in a lot of these games. And, uh, you know, it's just a great, great guy. And uh, there were many uh, distinguished people uh, there on hand. Uh, a couple of Dolphin players that were among my favorites, Johnny Alfredo, uh, Nat Moore, of course, with the helicopter play. You can't help but see Nat spinning when you run into Nat Moore in that game against the Chicago Bears in 1985. At helicopter catch, remember, on a pass from Marino. Marino found a way to dodge the blitz, and the next thing you know, Buddy Ryan was throwing punches on the sideline at the other assistant coaches. He was telling Ditka that he was out of his mind. And it was a lone loss that was handed to a team that absolutely annihilated everybody else during the course of the season. That was uh, at the Orange Bowl 1985. But, uh, wow, I mean, a lot of great people on hand there. Not more, uh, as I mentioned. And uh, a very uh, dapper-looking Reggie Theus. Reggie Theus of basketball fame. What was on And Tony Nathan, uh, really undersung. Uh, uh, running back in Dolphin history. Of course, yes. uh, everybody around the country would know Zonka and Kick and maybe Mercury Morris and maybe a couple of others. Everybody liked Ricky Williams when he was running the ball 4,000 times a season for the Dolphins until he completely burnt out and ended up saying, I would rather smoke weed at the foothills <laughs> of the Pyrenees. <laughs> where he ran into Lance Armstrong and his fabled exactly. Dolphins. Exactly. But, uh, wow. And, and it was a good weekend. And uh, for the local team, the Miami Dolphins won. They beat a hapless New York Giants team. When is, I mean, uh, Dave Gettleman, now when is his number up uh, with the New York Giants? They, they look bad, Mike Lubilovitz. They made this deal for uh, Kenny Galladay uh, during the offseason, a huge yes. free agent signing. Uh, they throw him like three balls a game. Unfortunately, he got hurt in this one, got jabbed in the ribs and had to leave the game. Uh, was just, uh, I guess, as of last week, maybe starting to find his stride. But uh, that's a free agent signing that kind of stunned a lot of people uh, when it was announced, the amount of money that uh, was being doled out to this kid. Not that he doesn't deserve it, whatever. Everybody uh, should make whatever the people are willing to pay him, but uh, really hasn't done much. And on offense, uh, they've already fired Jason Garrett, and they now have Freddie Kitchens. Remember ah, Freddie Kitchens? What a downgrade. <laughs> He's our offensive coordinator. Now, he did a good job with Baker Mayfield and that whole crew when he was uh, the offensive coordinator of the Browns, but then they gave him the head coaching job. And uh, aside from the fact that, uh, as uh, we said, when he was on the sidelines there, uh, patrolling the sidelines, he did look like a bouncer at a biker bar. Yes. Yeah. And I'm talking about like a, a biker bar that, uh, you know, isn't necessarily one where the average public is inclined to go. You know, that kind of biker bar, like a Hell's Angels variety. And Kitchens looked like the kind of guy that would say, yeah, uh, so, so what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, like a tough guy. Exactly. Tough guy, yeah. Yeah, the three-day growth and everything. But uh, <laughs> apparently, and I, I got a text message from one of my uh, giant fan buddies, uh, and I'm not a Giants fan, but uh, this guy happens to be. A lot of ex-New Yorkers here in South Florida, and they root for the New York Giants. Uh, You were either a Giants fan or a Jets fan, and if you were a Giants fan, you were also a Yankees fan, and if you were a Jets fan, you were also a Mets fan. Yes, You rarely saw any kind of crossover in that regard, but uh, he said as long as uh, Freddie Kitchens 
is the offensive coordinator of the Giants. And, and it could be true about their quarterbacks. I mean, they had this uh, guy, Mike Lennon, in there yesterday starting. Yes. And uh, it was the Bears, right? Well, we established that earlier this morning. Yes, movie the, that, remember. They gave Mike the, Lennon a zillion dollars. The Bears gave Glennon money and then in that same draft traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. That was the big thing with Glennon. Yeah. So they already had, you know, sold out on the guy. Yes. After they gave him about $10 million a year to be a quarterback, yes. which uh, at the time was a big number for a, a big quarterback. Deal. Now, yeah, now probably Brian Hoyer is making $10 million a year. So uh, put a football in your kid's hand yeah. if uh, he happens to have enough size to maybe be the prototypical uh, pro. But uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, very interesting uh, all the way around. Uh, the Dolphins uh, got a big win uh, this weekend, the Miami Dolphins, over the Giants, who, who look really pathetic. But our friend says bet the under in every game as long as uh, Freddie Kitchens is O.C., of the New York Giants. And you have to wonder, I mean, heads have to be rolling there, do they not? The Jets are awful, but they have the excuse that they've been in their 18th straight year of rebuilding since they let Rex go after those two years that they went to the AFC title game, which was considered to be somewhat fugazi. Was it not Mike Luby Lewis, the Mark Sanchez quarterback on the team? Yep. Handed the ball off a lot. And, uh, you know, when he was called upon to throw the football, it was always suspect, right? You didn't know if you were going to get a completion or the butt fumble from Mark Sanchez, who uh, I believe is actually fairly uh, decent as as a football analyst. Yeah, he's no? fine Mark as an Sanchez. analyst. Yeah, he's fine as an analyst. Yeah. As a quarterback, not so much. Well, he just didn't have the goods to, to really push them over the top, which is the case more often than not with, yes. with these hotshot quarterbacks coming out of college that are supposed to be saviors. How often do they really work out uh, the way that people had anticipated? People are it's straight rare. questioning – our man Tua down here, even though he's completing like 80% of his passes yes. over the last three games and has a quarterback rating over 100. Yep. And yet, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily appease the people because uh, he doesn't throw the bomb. That's sexy. He's not and sexy. doesn't look the part. It's not sexy, right? Chicks dig the long ball. That's yes. what it's all about. Yes. But what's wrong with being, and you come to understand this if you're a sports fan, what's wrong with being really good at what it is that you're really yes. good at <laughs> and seeing if that's good enough? Because it just might be, as opposed to trying to be something that you're not. It's much like there, there's such a great parallel and symbolism in what happens on a uh, sporting playing field and or court or the ice or whatever, as there are to, uh, and there are parallels to just things that happen in normal life, right? What's wrong with just being who you are, Mike Lovey-Lubitz? Maybe you're not going to be, uh, you know, the uh, king of Siam. At any time in your exactly. lifetime or have all the money in the world. But what's wrong with being the, the person that you are? You, you learn exactly. that in sports. And and there's nothing wrong with just being really good at, at what it is that you do well, uh, which in this case with Tua is throw the intermediate passing game uh, passes. Uh, he doles them out there like he's dealing blackjack at a Las Vegas casino. <laughs> and that's it. Everybody's got their cards, right? Exactly. Okay. What do you want to do there in the first shoe? So uh, uh, the Dolphins uh, have uh, sort of resurrected themselves against uh, weak competition from the grave and uh, you know that's nice to see in town uh, a wild weekend all the way around and we have to get into some uh, college football as well as the pros the yes, lions sir. got their first win i was happy to see that and uh, we've been uh, kind of joking about dan campbell and what he might do uh, with all of his craziness and the mishuganous stuff he does at all of his press conferences and the wild statements that he's made uh, we thought he might eat a live animal to motivate the lions players who everybody has said is it possible to be the best 0-10-1 team in football? I guess it is when you're the only one. So they were not only the best, but uh, very much the worst. They would find any way to lose a game. And it looked like they had done it again uh, yesterday in their ball game. And uh, then they get a last-second touchdown pass 
from Jared Goff, who uh, fires the rock in there on the last second play, and they get their first win of the season. And Campbell uh, didn't do anything insane. In fact, uh, he dedicated the game uh, to the Oxford High School tragedy and the people there. And uh, everybody thought that that was a very, very humanitarian and and, uh, sound uh, reference there that he made. Uh, And uh, nice to uh, give the kind of recognition that was needed to just a a horrific situation. Horrific, right? Yeah. The parents on the lamb. That, that was a weird story, huh? That whole thing was nuts. At all? Yeah, that whole thing. Not not so much, but the whole thing was crazy. It was like a weirder story. Uh, yeah, and, and tragic. I mean, yeah. uh, it's unfortunate yeah. that uh, you could even shrug your shoulders and say that, uh, you know, where, where this is almost secondary news by the time yep. it's uh, three days old because it's, yep. it's happened again somewhere else. Uh, yeah, just crazy. Sucks. All right, speaking of crazy, a lot of people thought uh, John Harbaugh was crazy to go for nah. two. <laughs> now we criticize coaches all the time for being ultra conservative. Yeah, we do. We're we always do. taking the the safe way out, kicking a field goal at a time. I mean, this Lafleur when he kicked that field goal in the championship game against oh, the Buccaneers, yeah, the Packers. Oh god. Yeah, the Packers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> NFC title on the line, a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You yeah. have one yeah. shot to win this game, and that is. In the arm and riding on the arm of Aaron Rodgers on a fourth down, how many times has he come through in a clutch? And mathematically, you're almost making it an impossibility. It's kind of meaningless to kick the field goal there because you still had to get the ball back and score a touchdown anyway. Yes, you still needed a TD. Yes. And so uh, what would be the difference if you took a shot there, your one big chance, you're sitting there on like the eight-yard line, uh, with a couple of minutes to go, and knowing that uh, what what is the uh, oldest adage in the books there? I mean, we saw Bill Belichick go ahead and go for a fourth down and 30 yeah. from his own seven-yard line one time against Peyton Manning because yep. he knew if he gave Manning the ball back, the game was over. He anyway. wasn't seeing it again. Yep. Yes. <laughs> the people that uh, were playing the Patriots in that game and uh, maybe getting a couple of points were thinking, what are you, out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> And people thought he was crazy, but the truth is, uh, he knew he was going to lose anyway. If yep. uh, and at least that was the assumption, because Manning was just uh, churning up the yardage, and uh, that was at a time uh, where uh, you know th- there was no chance that, that he wasn't going to score again anyway or run out the clock. So you you had to take a shot there. But uh, now he had the momentum. He dialed up a great play, John Harbaugh, and we always criticize coaches for being ultra conservative. And yet in this case, uh, he goes for two. I, I was stunned when he put up the two fingers there on the sideline. Now I was. I was finished in that game anyway because I was laying four with the Ravens in my personal, uh, I, I don't want to say bookmaking venture. Let's say it was a friendly wager with, yes. with a friend of mine. Friendly wager, yes. Friendly wager, which uh, I, I keep coming back to this. This must be the easiest season to pick football ever. Chalk, ever, chalk, Ruby. Chalk, chalk. I don't know if it's all chalk, but uh, you know, are, are the underdogs that obvious also? Uh, this guy who's never had a winning season. In the five or six years that I've been taking his action, is twenty two units up this year, and that's crazy. Uh, and handed me. That's, I, I that's just take. Crazy. You know, I'm on the opposite side of whatever he wants. Obviously, if I'm booking his action, and I had a Ravens minus four. So mathematically, the the only thing that could have saved me was overtime, which I was rooting for. Yeah, and there seemed to be little chance of that. And then a touchdown by the Ravens to win the game in overtime, which is entirely possible. Although if it gets past the first possession. For each team where a touchdown ends the game, I, I guess a field goal ends the game after the other team has had the ball anyway. So you have to hope that uh, you not only tie the ball game up, win the coin toss, get the ball and score a touchdown on your first possession and or score a defensive touchdown somehow. Yes. Uh, otherwise, you lose to the point spread no matter what they do. Yes. 
But the only thing that could have triggered it was uh, getting an overtime. I mean, if he gets the two-point conversion, you lose laying four points with the Ravens. So yes. that, that was kind of an odd position, awkward position to be in, where you're rooting for overtime. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, were the Ravens fans shocked that he was doing it? Or did they get behind the guy? Probably. He's been there a long it time. dials up a perfect play, and, and, and it fails because uh, th there was just the slightest bit of pressure at the end on Lamar Jackson to have to loop the ball just a little bit. Uh, coming from T.J. Watt, who was coming off the edge, and, and ruins the two-point conversion. So you're asking yourself, uh, I mean, was that a smart move? What would you not? Normally, I, I would never recommend uh, taking the conservative approach, like not going for it on a fourth down. Or you know, I mean, there are times, I guess, where it makes sense. But, uh, you know, you'll see coaches out for field goals on, on uh, fourth and one from their own one-yard line, and you're thinking, just push it in there. You need the, you need the touchdown. You're not going to win with field goals today. Uh, Kansas City and Denver, uh, that was the approach of, uh, is it uh, Fangio, the uh, coach of Denver? Yes, Vic Dick Fangio, Fangio is the head coach of the Denver Broncos, yes, sir. Old school, man. He goes yes, for like a fourth much. down and two uh, at the goal line after a 19-play, 32-minute drive, and they end up with no points as they get stuffed on, in that final play. But uh, you have to applaud the fact that the guy is going for it. He realizes he's not going to beat KC, or at least it doesn't seem that way with field goals. And, uh, and sure enough, he didn't. And oddly enough, they ended up with three field goals in the game uh, as their only scoring. So a fourth one wouldn't necessarily have helped him. So he was right in that. But well, what do you think? I mean, do you take a shot there going for the two-point conversion? No, no. Um, I, I would nope. have been inclined to say take it to OT. You have a better chance now to kind of ease back into a game that you were hopelessly out of uh, rather than uh, just uh, do or die on, on one roll of the dice. I, it's funny not, because... Uh, you always want a little bit more high-flying. I'm actually not conservative, but I think there are certain times where it's okay to be smart. And, like, we had Bobby Bowden on years ago, and there was that one game, the choke at the Doak, where the Gators were up by, like, 28, and FSU roared back from 31 to 3 down and, like, had a chance. They had just scored, and they had a chance to either tie it or go for two. And we asked him, we're like, Coach, why, you know, you'd come back, you'd done all that, why not just go for two for the win? He's like, look, my kids had fought so hard that I did not want them walking away with nothing. To me, and remember, it's the college extra point, so it's like a gimme. I wanted them to at least get something here after all they did. And that's sort of, like, what Harbaugh does here is weird. Like, they fought all the way back. You have a chance to tie. They're ready to tie. Take a breath and go and win in overtime, and then you force them back yeah. out there. To me, you're pushing them in a direction that they obviously weren't ready for. Yeah, it was a perfect play, and the guy's open, but they didn't succeed. And I think that's a little bit much. And what Harbaugh did there. Very deflating to lose that game exactly. under those circumstances. That's the other side of the coin. I mean, it's nice and bold to go for the win, but I'm with you. I mean, it's almost like getting that last second call from the governor. You get exactly. pulled out of the electric chair there. You <laughs> score with like no time left under impossible circumstances. So when your offense had been stymied throughout much of the fourth quarter and you march it down the field there, and it wasn't as if Pittsburgh was giving it to him. No. And, uh, and make a really nice drive and a tremendous play to uh, put yourself in a position to tie the game and go to OT where, uh, as you said, uh, there's nothing wrong with getting a second chance at life. Exactly. Sometimes. Exactly. Like, and I and you still have all the momentum because you put exactly. these guys on their heels. They, they had just taken the lead late in the ballgame with like a minute and change to go on a brilliant series of plays by Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. Who announced uh, that he was no longer going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler after this year. Yeah, How is he still playing anyway, man? Well, he's Unbelievable. Be. A lot of people thought he was a shot fighter. <laughs> They're getting him a lot. Ago. That's why. He has not really You can't kill him. No. He, uh, <laughs> he will be here with the cockroach 
And that melon that uh, Cindy Crawford has on the infomercial will be the only things that outlive the nuclear blast God. from wherever it comes from, whether it's that crazy man, uh, what happened to uh, the Oon. pocket rocket or whatever the guy's name was, Oon. Kim Jong-un. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to talk about that here on the show. Oh. I don't want to get myself uh, all of a sudden, uh, I'll be terminated mysteriously, exactly. uh, you know, like the tennis player, the Chinese tennis player. Exactly. All right, uh, college football uh, it played out. Uh, we, we said this uh, many, All many wrong. times uh, during the course of the week. Never <laughs> bet against the devil. You did say that. You were very clear about that. Was our, our final conclusion. Let's never bet against the devil. And that is Nick Satan himself, Nick Saban, who, who barely escaped a couple of games this year. Florida Gators had a chance to beat him. And uh, so did uh, the Auburn Tigers. And it looked like they had him uh, beat, except they played a crippled quarterback for the entire second half because uh, – they also put a lid on trying to score points, thinking that 10 might be enough against Alabama, which it wasn't. And then they lose in horrific fashion in overtime on a fourth overtime two-point conversion by Alabama that they couldn't match. So all logic would have dictated that Georgia was a cinch to win that ballgame movie. Yep. And we talked about that. But you can't bet against Nick Saban. No. People who bet against the devil usually end up in bad shape, it's as evidenced by the examples that we love to give. Jimmy Swaggart? Forever shamed. Exactly. Probably broke. I mean, he's probably on the streets of Las Vegas right now with the sign will work for food after uh, having all the money in the world from that TV evangelism he was doing. Jim Baker, Tammy Faye, disgraced, prison after, uh, you know, uh, years of setting the pace there and having people crying and in tears all over the country, sending money in like there was no tomorrow. Yes, I have some spare change. Send it right to that little post office box at the bottom of the screen there on the right. But they bet against the devil, and they lost. And uh, if you bet against uh, Alabama and Nick Saban, you're betting against the devil. And and you not only lost, you got annihilated in, in that game. Crazy stuff. But uh, Alabama, I, you know, I don't know how you could argue that they would be the number one team after beating Georgia in that fashion. Just spanked them. And then Michigan uh, coming on at the end of the season here, uh, looking very good and very deserving of being number two. Maybe even, what? Faint chance that they were going to be number one overall. I, I think Georgia beating, I mean, Alabama you know, beating Georgia. Pounding just, Georga got you them had to there. make it number one. Yeah, yeah. But Michigan, look, Michigan's done their thing. They pounded Ohio State, and then they went and played a, t- a really tough Iowa team and totally dispatched them. So Michigan laid their claim, yes. but look, being number two after a lot of people had them not even in the conversation for playoffs, even though they were ranked number six or seven, is a nice move for Jim Harbaugh, a guy that's been on the hot seat for like four years now. <laughs> And, of course, Alabama, by uh, beating Georgia, then gets uh, what is the equivalent of a college football playoff patsy in Cincinnati, who uh, some people think might be able to hang in there for a little while, but you would have to think that eventually they get ground down and uh, end up uh, not being able to compete for four quarters, as the cliche would go, against the Alabama Crimson Tide. So somewhat of a walkover game, uh, at least on paper, 13 and a hook, the opening line there for Alabama. And I think that's going to climb, right? You you think they're going to have to – concede two touchdowns to Cincinnati to the uh, people that are inclined to make a wager on that game to make it interesting because that, that might be the only way to do that. That goes in a cotton bowl. And here in South Florida, we, we get what would be a, a matchup. Uh, is it worth it, Luby? We have a chance to pay face value for nosebleed tickets through a good friend of ours uh, uh, that works with us on our Ion Channel show, the great Tony Segreto, South Florida broadcasting legend. He's on the Orange Bowl committee. And he's offering us tickets at face value for the nosebleed section. Now, would you go pay that to see Michigan versus Georgia? Neither team of which is among my favorites. So we've seen a lot of uh, football from both of those teams over the years. Michigan always featured very prominently in the national broadcasting schedules. And Georgia been up there for a long, long time also. Holy Herschel Walker, right? 
you would want to. I, I, I'm not a huge fan. I was never a huge fan of the Georgia style of football, so I wasn't inclined to watch that kind of game. But, uh, you know, uh, they look great this year on defense, and uh, they go against a Michigan team that uh, was, you know, very, very, as you said. I mean, a lot of people thought they were going to fall flat on their face. They were taking uh, Iowa, getting 11 points in that game. And what, 42-3 to three was the final there. 42-3. Yes, to three. Yes, they did everything no one thought they would do. They took care of business in a big way, and Harbaugh hadn't done that. That's literally been his MO is to botch the big moment at Michigan, and this year outside of Michigan State, which it was a close game. It wasn't like they were ruined by Michigan State. They yeah. took the big moment and ran right through it. They, It's a different Michigan team, and I'm look, that's the kind of game if you're a fan you want to see. Just again, like you've – sort of taught me as one of my mentors, my big biggest mentor, if it's free, it's for me. And yeah. in journalism, if it's not catered, it's not journalism. If it's not free tickets, yeah. Then I'm and again, go. when you're used to getting free tickets for now 12 to 15 years, it's really hard <laughs> to pay for tickets. Like maybe you're talking to the wrong person. No, I can see impossible. Yeah. other I people pay for it. But <laughs> like 150 a pop to sit in a nosebleed to watch Michigan and Georgia. Perfectly happy to watch it on TV. You know, you get a better view of the game anyway. You can see what's really going on. That's the justification there. Although, uh, very exciting to have that uh, game be here in town. And uh, that, that should draw a lot of interest uh, from around the country. Uh, those games on New Year's Eve. So I'm assuming that New Year's uh, Day might be a Sunday or something. And they didn't want to go against uh, the uh, NFL on a Sunday. Is that the deal? New Year's Eve, uh, which is weird. Uh, you're getting ready to uh, go out and celebrate, which uh, I don't do much of anymore because... Uh, as they uh, always said, it was amateur night, and who needs to be in a car well, with a bunch of raging drunks out there on the road? Although I, I enjoy a good New Year's Eve celebration. I just like to be there where I, I don't have to uh, do any traveling, if you know what I mean, Louie. Yes, I'm, like I'm very Like if it's at the aware. neighbor's house or something, <laughs> uh, that's all cool. Las Vegas, you can be out there in the streets, and you don't have to worry about too much. You're not jumping in a cab or anything. Uh, you're probably near the hotel watching whatever festivities are going on, uh, but uh, not inclined. But uh, that's a huge ball game to have as a prelude on New Year's Eve, right? You're at some celebration there, and you're saying, now, you got a TV here, Joe? Uh, so you can watch uh, what will be a Michigan-Georgia game for the right to uh, meet what likely is going to be Alabama for the college football championships. No uh, way to blow it. No way to blow it for the committee. What is the committee comprised of? Gypsies, drifters, <laughs> Gypsies various uh, politicians no. that have been uh, criminally indicted and or convicted in the past. It's I, college I don't know who's on this people, committee. colleges and college football people, presidents and ADs right. and people who know the game of college football and know, know the sport very well. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they... They couldn't go Jose Suleiman on this. They right? couldn't have messed no it up. It fell perfect yeah. for them. Oklahoma State loses. Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati at home. No matter when it was or how they were playing, it doesn't matter. Cincinnati's undefeated. They, they, their one loss was to Cincinnati. Okay, that was easy. Even if you want to get rid of Cincinnati, you couldn't get rid of Cincinnati. Bama just annihilated Georgia. Georgia had been good all year. Like, it fell. Shook out like it should. It really did. It not only shook out like it should. I don't care. I mean, it shook out where they couldn't mess it up. <laughs> like, yeah, even when they want to, they I mean, couldn't. Uh, you know, as absurd as it might have been to leave Cincinnati off there, they, they couldn't bring they couldn't. themselves to that, which 13-0, uh, you would have to say. And they beat Notre Dame, who was next on the list there at number five, so it was yeah. impossible to justify a juxtaposition there, although uh, everybody was expecting that. Uh, I, I bet the guy at the bar uh, I was at, uh, I was at a racetrack over the weekend, you guys will find that surprising, and uh, I, I bet him a hot dog and a beer. That Cincinnati would get jobbed. So uh, wow. I had to pay off uh, Got it wrong. yesterday. 
impossible. seemed impossible after Oklahoma State uh, ended up losing that ball game. Uh, all right, uh, great being with you uh, today. It was fantastic. Thank you, people, for tuning in uh, and making this thing uh, go. Uh, the UM situation, University of Miami, uh, is here in town, and, and that's obviously a, a topic of conversation on uh, local airwaves here in, in South Florida. Never, I, I don't know, is anybody, Fredo, when he was out on that boat, wasn't dangling like Manny Diaz. Oh, no. Was he just uh, hanging from the rafters there, uh, waiting? I mean, the guy's out recruiting. Uh, I don't know that you need to feel sorry for any college football coach. I'm sure he's going to get a handsome payoff for walking away. And yeah, that's the funny thing is, right now. I'm going at it with people on Twitter. Like, I don't, some people are like, oh, poor Manny. I don't feel bad for Manny. He's getting paid. He's doing his job. He'll get a buyout, so he'll get paid more money. He'll get another job. He'll be fine. I am just being honest. I've watched college football my entire life, and I've never seen this. I get it. Even, like, supposedly the reports are now that Lincoln Riley was in talks with USC for, like, two months. But it never got out. So, to me, people have said, well, what's different? Well, your program doesn't look like garbage. Like, if you're USC and you have a coach and you're getting another coach or you're OU and your coach is flirting, like, it doesn't look good. Like, when these things are handled behind closed doors, whether it's good or bad, it at least looks professional. Like, when you're UM and you have a coach and he's working for you and you're openly, these aren't leaks. Like, these are insiders, national Like, it's being reported widely. It's not like one leak that was thrown out You would there. have to think there was some substance to it. Yeah. This isn't like... like an NBA trade. It's just way, like, where, where it was never discussed. Yeah. Teams do this, and, and, I, and, I, and I get them looking about a guy when their coach isn't great. Fine, but do it quietly. There's a way to do things, and this has totally been botched. I don't care what you say. And if they get Mario, UM won't care. But you can't tell me you're a coach out there, you're a kid out there looking at this going, oh, that team is sort of a mess. Yeah. Like, that's my <laughs> thing. It just looks weird. No, it's, uh, it's ugly. I mean, uh, awkward position to be in, uh, in spite of the uh, capital and uh, what will be a very generous consideration monetarily for Manny Diaz, who, uh, you know, everybody kind of liked the guy. You were rooting for him to do well as a head coach. He just didn't seem to measure up. And uh, whatever the circumstances were that uh, prevented him from doing that, whether it was his own ability, uh, the caliber of player he had, uh, you know, ACC schedule, you would have to think that uh, the Canes, once mighty Hurricanes, University of Miami football team, would have at least had an ACC football title. Yes. They have a basketball title in yes. the ACC. Or if I'm not mistaken, uh, Chashevsky and Duke reside and many other fine programs uh, that uh, have had far more success overall than the University of Miami, which didn't have basketball for a long time there. After Rick Barry left the school, they didn't know what to do. And that's a long time ago. <laughs> they came back. They've been around for a while, uh, but yes. they have one more ACC title uh, than, than the Hurricane football team Pittsburgh, does, which seemed like an impossibility. Modern-day Pittsburgh, which we love, Coach Charlie Partridge with Pittsburgh, but, I mean, they haven't been – they haven't had Tony Dorsett and Dan Marino there in a while. Uh, has yeah. an ACC title before UM football has an ACC title. Yeah, so uh, the trend has been uh, seriously downhill. And the but ability we'll to get back on top, I, I think, is uh, heavily compromised. But but we'll see what Mario happens there. Mario supposedly is coming, so we'll see. A lousy situation as Mario Cristobal uh, going to possibly leave Oregon, come back to uh, the place where he played. So, you know, there's like kind of a Roy Williams tinge to this thing where how can you really blame the guy, even though uh, he may be leaving some people high and dry. They don't seem to care in Oregon. Yeah, Mario, see you later. <laughs> and uh, especially after losing a conference championship game, uh, as they did to Baylor. Uh, so uh, now the Oregon coach may become the University of Miami head football coach. We'll see. And in the meantime, if you see Manny Diaz, 
Point him to the classifieds, my yeah, friend. Exactly. I, he'll be fine in all of this. I just think yeah. it's been handled weird. I'm sorry. You know, he'll become like a defensive coordinator. He'll be a DC somewhere, somewhere and the guy can coach. Maybe go back to Temple and okay, I get the head coaching job. There you go. He probably would have been better served by having a head Much coaching job served. before he got into yes. this because uh, the situation wasn't necessarily favorable to accomplish what people expect yes. any incoming UM coach to do, which is the same story that it's been at USC forever and uh, was in Alabama for a long period of time before Saban got there. Uh, there aren't that many Nick Sabans uh, that can uh, no, put no. a program uh, on its feet, avoid all NCAA scrutiny, yeah, regardless yeah. of how many number one, top five uh, ESPN yep, yep. recruits they get, blue chippers uh, yep, galore, yep. and you know, uh, and, and put the program on the consistent level that he has, where he may be going for his sixth title there and, and seventh overall in, in terms of national championships. All right, so we have to run. Been a lot of fun being with you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, Mike Luby Lubitz, Jeff DeForest. It's After Hours with Defoe and Luby on Believe. And we'll see you tomorrow with the next episode of After Hours. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Destination Sport Miami is here to revolutionize the sports landscape in South Florida. The largest indoor multifaceted sports complex in North America is on the way with distinguished leaders of its various sports programs and unparalleled access to the finest indoor training fields and facilities, Destination Sport Miami will set South Florida apart as the destination of choice for elite athletic training and development and for its dedication to youth programs and sports on all levels. A phenomenal concept and a powerful undertaking, Destination Sport Miami will also be an important commodity in the sports business community as well. Destination Sport Miami, its time has come. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.